0: Oh, I read a proverb every day and uh, I've, I've read it in several different translations, I've read it in <clears throat> I used to read it in the New American Standard and I, then I would switch and I would read it in the New King James and, and then I uh, I started reading not too long ago I started reading it from the complete Jewish Bible and uh this morning, one, two past two verses just really jumped out at me. And uh, so I put them in my notes. I wasn't sure I was going to share it, but in, in light of what I just said about, you know, if, if we don't praise him, there's a couple of reasons. But um, this isn't a rebuke. I want you to hear my heart. This isn't a rebuke. I just want you to hear my heart and what Proverbs says here that I think is so powerful he says look verse 22 how long you whose lives have no purpose will you love thoughtless living how long will you will scorners find pleasure, pleasure in mocking how long will fools hate knowledge <clears throat> repent, repent when I reprove I will pour out my spirit to you, I will make my words known to you. How long, you whose lives have no purpose, will you love thoughtless living?" I said, this is not a rebuke, but I look at how many people set their aspirations either on their, their jobs or they set their aspirations on acceptance of others. And, you know, we, we like to put that off on young people, well, peer pressure. And it's the young people who are worried about what everybody thinks about them. And that's why they make some of the, and we call them, dumb decisions that they make. But I want you to know that's not something that, that leaves with when you get through puberty. It would be awesome if it did but it doesn't we it's the, this world is fashioned and shaped around the reality that it's all about me that it's all about what i can get and what i have whatever i have to do to get it and you know what it doesn't matter what workforce you're in it doesn't matter what occupation you have i see it everywhere i see it it's a it's a it's amazing. I was talking with someone the other day, and I was talking about this particular organization, and I said, it's a, obviously it's a brotherhood, and they said, yeah, but it's kind of like a, a, a twisted, sick, inbred brotherhood because <clears throat> not just everybody is accepted, but once you get in, it's not like we look after each other like true brothers. They'll step on you and, and, and do whatever they have to, to get over you to get to the next level. And in this particular one, people's lives are at stake. I mean, they depend on each other for their lives, but they said they'll still step on you to get to the top. And I go, man, that's everywhere. If we find our identity in anything or anyone other than Jesus, if we find our identity anywhere other than him and saying, Jesus, I give you my everything because I want you, I want your life to be lived through me. You know That's what the scripture says, that, that I died with him and the life that I now live, now I live now, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, right? I'm not living for me, I'm not living just to do my deal, I'm living because he gave his life for me, so now my life takes on new meaning, right? Maybe. But he said this in Proverbs, and I, I couldn't tell you how many times, I mean, I've been reading proverbs for a proverb a day for 15 years or more. And, uh, and somebody who's a lot better with math and calendars than I am could figure out how many firsts there's been in those 15 years. You understand what I'm saying? I don't, don't yell it out. I don't care. <laughs> for those, that's just hurting them right now not to know exactly how many firsts there's been <laughs> the first of the month. Are you with me? I do not want everybody, I don't want you completely lost, but. And when I read that this morning, I was just like, Lord, because here's the thing. Any life that's not radically pursuing Him is a life that's empty. I'm going to let that say life for a moment. Because we were created for a purpose. Every one of us was created for a purpose. And yet, I was, uh on Facebook yesterday or this early this morning, I can't remember, and a good friend of mine that I went to school with was in a, was an automobile wreck, and they had to, uh, had to cut, extricate him. They had to cut him out of the vehicle, and uh, someone said, wow, man, you must, God must have a purpose for your life, and it was so cool. Somebody, a few, pla- few posts down, said, God's got a purpose for every life. <laughs> I'm like, That's what I- come on. Now, frustration comes when we don't understand that, that God has a purpose for our lives. When we allow, and you know, here's the thing, I'm, I'm going somewhere, I'm not rambling. It's just, it's so strong on my heart today, is that when I look at people who are just dissatisfied at life, I look at people who are depressed, and, and many times those people Please hear my heart. When I say those people, that's not a judgmental statement. But people who allow themselves to get in that place, they've lost sight of him or have never seen him at all. They've lost sight of him or never seen him at all. And because of that, it seems hopeless. You know, if you understand, I'm living for someone bigger than me and something greater than I am. Life has meaning, even if it looks like it's going to H-E-double hockey sticks in a handbasket. Trying to tone it down. <laughs> even if that's what it appears like, the, he is always good. He is love, and he can take your mess and make a message out of it but it has to be willingly offered to him. He won't take it, but he'll receive it. And how awesome is that, that we can give our mess to him and he can take it and make something beautiful out of it, not just for others, but for us. I, I'm convinced. You don't have to learn by mistakes, but God will, he'll allow it. Amen. And what I mean by there you can learn from this Bible, you believe. Shh. This Bible is full of mistakes. <laughs> I just hair lip somebody. <laughs> Long pause just for those who are listen by podcast. It's not full of mistakes in that in that there's errors, but it's full of people who made mistakes. And God says, you know what? <laughs> I can use that. I can use that. You know what's so amazing is God never identified people by their mistakes. I mean, look at the hall of faith. Look at the people in the hall of faith, and you see these people who, who some who have just made a total mess, but what God sees is the faith that they operated in after their mess. I mean, he talks about Sarah, Abraham's wife, and how she believed God and it was count, you know, and and, and, and her faith and things like that. But what happened when Sarah, what ha, anybody know? What happened? What happened? What happened when God said, you're going to have a baby, and Sarah was all, what did she do? What did she do? What did she do? She laughed. she laughed. But did he record that in Hebrews 4? No. What he said is, by faith, she was able to conceive when she was past age. Come on. This thing called faith. This life that we're to live. It's only done. uh, Let me say, it's only done to the full and done right when it's totally surrendered to him. I, um, I shared with some people this past week if if I have opportunity through the week to fellowship with you or with individuals, a lot of time they'll get a pre-sermon. <laughs> because as I'm med- 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 meditating on things through the week, it just comes up because it's what I'm meditating on, right? <laughs> so I'll just share it. And, and I shared this some in our small group the other night. But uh, the other, other, I don't remember, uh, I think it was last Friday, Tina and I watched a movie uh, called What If? And uh, it was kind of a, similar to the movie Family Man, if you've ever seen, you know, I'm trying to, this is a faith-based movie called What If, but if you, for those who didn't watch the faith-based, one, you just watched the worldly carnal one, it's called Family Man. (laughs) It's got, uh, Nicholas K. See, I I did that on purpose. Do you you know how many people knew who it was? (laughs) That's beautiful. (laughs) I'm just playing. (laughs) But anyway... Anyway, the guy in the, in the movie, it was Kevin Sorbo who, who was the lead actor uh, who, who played the professor in God's Not Dead. Uh, trying to redeem some of <laughs> I'm just kidding. Man, I'm just happy, happy, happy. I just want you to know. I'm happy today. I told my wife this morning, I said, it's going to be a good day. She said, why do you say that? I said, because he's good. And I'm excited. I'm ready to preach. I'm ready to preach. He, so in this movie, he... Uh, it begins, and he's in this train station with this girl. And I'm not going to tell you the whole thing, but there's a point to my story, all right? It's my message. Not the, anyway. <laughs> not the movie's my message. But. So they're in, the, they're in this train station, and he's talking to his girlfriend slash fiance. And he says, I just have to go away for so many weeks or months. I can't remember exactly. And he said, then I'll be back. I really just need to get out of this small town and get my career started. And she's crying. And she said, but what about... God's will for our lives and how you felt maybe the Lord was leading you in ministry. And I'm taking poetic just liberties with it, okay? It's not a quote from it, if you've seen it. I'm trying not to butcher it. But the short of it is, he said, I just need to go do this and then I'll come back. And then the next thing it shows, just a little heading on the screen, 15 years later. And it shows him and he is getting ready to be named partner of this big, I don't know if it's a bank or what it is, but they they, they do acquisitions. They purchase struggling companies or companies that went public, they take them over, hostile takeovers and, and all this. <clears throat> and he just made this huge deal, and the guy says, well, you're going to be partner now, and he, so he goes out and he buys a 200-some-thousand-dollar Mercedes, and he's riding down the road just celebrating it th- with himself, and his car breaks down, right? So what happens when his car breaks down is he gets taken into this alternate life where it would have been had he came back and married this girl. Okay? You tracking with me? So uh, Cliff from Cheers was the angel. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's cool about that when I say that? The younger people go, Cliff. (laughs) Cheers. Cliff. Um, I'm not trying. I don't know what that is. (laughs) (laughs) It's the joys of being older. But he's the angel, and uh, so he explains what's going on, and the guy thinks he's crazy. And, and the short of it is this. Where i want to get is this. I'm not going to tell you the whole movie. So he's going through these things. What's really funny, though, is his first day in this alternate uh, universe, if you will, is he is with this, his wife and their uh, kids, and he is a pastor of a church, and it's his first Sunday at this new church. <laughs> So he goes from this guy who's all about himself and making money and everything, and now he's got to preach. That was funny. It's funny. But in this thing, he's trying to process what's going on. So he, he goes back to this angel, and he's talking to the angel, and he goes, what am I supposed to do? He said, all you're supposed to do is, is love God and love your family with all your heart. That's pretty much what he said in a nutshell. He said, you just love, you give it all to God. You love him with all, your, with all you got. And you love this family with all you've got. I know that it's new. You're just a few days into it. But you love them with everything you've got. And he said, that's complicated. And the angel said this. He said, no, it's simple. But it's hard. It's simple. But it's hard. Now, that sounds like an oxymoron. Simple and hard. shouldn't go together. But complicated And simple would be oxymorons. But simple and hard, something can be very simple but not very easy to live out. Amen. And that's this thing called the faith walk. It's simple. Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added. Seek what? Seek him first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all that. See, God made it simple, but does that make it easy? No, not at all. And as I look at that, and in in meditating upon that, and in Proverbs chapter 1 this morning, he said, how long, you whose lives have no purpose, will you love thoughtless living? How long will you whose life have no pur- lives have no purpose will you love thoughtless living? Verse 23, he says, repent when I reprove. I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Man. See, God doesn't want us to live these lives that when we lay down at night, we go, is it just about the promotion? Is it just about? The money? Is it just about the title? Is it just about what everybody thinks? It's not. It's just about Him. That's simple, but it's hard. And as I was meditating on that, and I'm going back to what I spoke about last week when I spoke about mosaic, and I want to give the definition of that again. Uh, I don't have any cool pictures to put up today, um, so I hope I didn't lose you. Mosaic means this, a decoration on a service, surface made by pressing small pieces of colored glass into, or stone into a soft material that then hardens to make pictures or patterns. And I made reference uh, last week that this soft material, I believe for the body of Christ, for us individuals, this soft material that we're pressed into is the love of God. Now, let me clarify that. I don't mean soft, sappy. Oh, I love you. I just love, I love, love you. love you. You know, that word in, in our vernacular has just lost its weight. Right? We love everything. We love puppies. We love cake. We love chocolate. We love football. We love basketball. I love you, man where do I, where do i rank in that love thing am i next to chocolate or am i <laughs> under basketball uh, where is that in that that love thing you know and even in the scriptures there were different words for the word love that was that phileo love that friendship love there was the erotic love there was there's these different words there're different greek words that talk about love but the love that I'm talking about is that agapeo love, that sacrificial love, the love that we see Jesus when it said, for God so loved the world that he gave. That kind of love, that's the love. It's not the soft sappy that's just all about an emotion. And here's what's so cool. Do you know God made us? Did y'all know that? It's profound, isn't it? God made us and he created in us Emotions. That's so cool. That's awesome. I'm an emotional guy, and I'm good with that. I'm I'm an extrovert, and I'm good with that. Right? I don't have a problem with that. I am thankful for emotions. I can laugh as loud as anybody. I can have a good time, and I can cry with my wife at a Hallmark movie. (laughs) I know some of you are just trying to rip my man card, but I don't care. Real men can cry. It's those phony guys that have to act like they got it all together. Just (laughs) say, Come on. (laughs) So emotions aren't bad when they're in line. But when emotions become the leader of our life, we have a problem. When love is not the leader of our life, we have a problem. When love, God's love, is the leader of our life, emotions will come... And some will be good, some will be bad. Because here's the good thing. Here's the truth about love. God's love is not just always happy, ha-ha love. And the same love also has a hatred against anything that hurts what's loved. True love, true God kind of love is as passionate for and, and expressive toward what is loved as it is adamantly against what is trying to hurt what is love. That's why God took drastic measures to to bring us into relationship with Him. And that's why He doesn't look lightly on sin. Because what does sin do? Sin destroys. Sin kills. But love. But love. See, Ephesians, Ephesians 3, these are um, familiar passages of Scripture, but... As I was pressing into this, pressing in, get it, about Mosaic and about how God will put <laughs> things together, how God will put things together, and he'll put pieces beside us that we don't always understand out of love, and that we'll have opportunities to express this love, but see, being <laughs> rooted and grounded in love is the foundation which, which makes or creates this mosaic that displays the beauty of God. See, that's what He's after us coming together from different backgrounds, from uh, different families to make a family, the family of God. As we come together and we bring our strengths and we bring our weaknesses because that's just who we are and what we have, right? But as we come and we get those founded, rooted and grounded in the love of God. Not just this, man, we want to come together and hug on everybody. Just feel the love, man. No, but real love says, I'm with you when it's pretty, and I'm with you when it's ugly. See, that's what the world is looking for. They're looking for real love, not love, not this emotional thing. They've tried it. And it always leaves you empty. It always leaves you empty because it in itself as an emotion can't fulfill what only Jesus can. And that's why people you see so many times they run from relationship to relationship or from drug to drug or from activity to activity. Because they're looking for something. No, they're looking for someone. And many times they just don't know it. But Ephesians 3, 17 through 21, that's again, this isn't, let me just explain myself a little bit if you haven't turned there yet. The reason that I feel this is paramount is we're in a new year, this is February, the first day of February, February, I don't know who spelled that word, but anyway, February. We're here in February, in the beginning of a year, and Before we can seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, we have to understand what that kingdom is built upon. Not what, who. Who that kingdom is built upon and what that looks like in our life. And I'm telling you, it's His love, understanding His love. Verse 17 says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love. You know what rooted and ground is? That's pressed in and settled rooted and grounded in love. If we're rooted and grounded in love, what's it say next? You'll be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ. So he's he's clarifying what love it is we're to be rooted and grounded in. It's the what? The love of Christ. You know Christ isn't Jesus' last name. It's the Messiah. That's what it means, the, the Messiah, Christ, the Messiah, the King, the Anointed One. It literally means the Anointed One and His anointing. Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God, now to Him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So what is he saying in this passage? This love that he's talking about, that we can be rooted and grounded in, it wasn't just for them. It wasn't just for the church at Ephesus. It's for, what did he say here? To him be glory in the church through Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen means so be it. So this love of Christ that he wants us to be rooted and grounded in, which passes knowledge. So he's saying this, I want you to understand that you can know a love that passes understanding. That makes perfect sense, doesn't it? It's clear as mud. I want you to understand this love that passes understanding. So what he's saying in this passage is, I want you to encounter love that passes what you can wrap your knowledge around. That it won't be wrapped up in reason. Here, listen. It won't be wrapped up in reason, you know, because we're quick, we're easy to do that. Even in receiving or giving, what do we do? When there's opportunity to love, reason will kick in and it'll say, well, should you do this? Or why haven't they done that? and take a quick uh, add in right here. Matthew 16:8 says this, but Jesus being aware of it said to them, said to them, "Oh ye of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves because you have no bread?" And I'm not going to go into this is when anyway. Read Matthew 16. It'll be good. I'm not going to do it for time's sake. But there's three things that this really highlighted to me here in this passage of Scripture when Jesus is dealing with them about faith. And he said this. He said, you, he said but Jesus being aware of it, because they were worried about how they were going to uh, feed the people because they didn't have it enough. And he said this. He said, being aware of it, he said to them, Oh, you have little faith, why do you reason among yourselves? Because you have no bread. So the first thing he said is you have little faith the word little there doesn't mean a small amount the word little there literally means in the Greek it means brief short a little while it means short-lived are you with me so he wasn't measuring the quantity of their faith what he was saying is you you stepped in and stepped out of faith with me he said oh you of short brief faith what's the next thing they did when faith was short, when faith was brief, what's the next thing he did? He said, why do you reason among yourselves? So he acknowledged, I think he's trying to help them here. He's wanting to locate them here. He says, look, because of your short, your brief faith, you, you knew who I was, but you lost sight of that, and you allowed this circumstance to, to stand between you and I. He said, the next thing that you did is you went over into reason." Why am I saying all that? Because when we start talking about the love of God, like He wants us to experience, we will real quickly go over into reason and go, Yeah, I know God wants to love me, but what about this? And I really want to love this person. I know I'm supposed to forgive. And I really want to love this person, but what about this? So immediately we've left love and we've gone into reason. What we've tried to do is understand in our mind this love that passes understanding. Man, that's good. And the next thing that happens, here's what happens. And this happens in life all the time. The next thing, look at this in Matthew 16, 8. He said, O ye of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves? Because you have no bread. You know what the next thing they did is? They looked to themselves as the source. Huh. See, when we don't understand his love, immediately we start thinking it's something that we've got to manufacture, we've got to generate, that we've got to put, produce or put out, and it's not living from what's been placed in, it's us reasoning in our minds thinking, how can I do that? How can I love someone who's hurt me? Because it's not something you produce, it's not out of your source, it's out of him who lives in you and where your life is now hidden. Because I can look to him and I can say, he who forgave me, how can I not forgive them? That's a good word right there. So I'm, I'm going somewhere. Ephesians, let me finish in Ephesians. He said, rooted and grounded in love. He said, I want you to know this love. This passes knowledge that you may be filled up. With all the fullness of God. Now to Him who's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. So, going back to love, He said, I want you rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in love. A love that passes knowledge. Why? So that we can be filled up to all the fullness of God. See, who is God? God is, First John 4 says God is. Wow, I have so many scriptures in so little time. Let me find it. First John four. See. When we're filled with his love, and our focus is his love, it's love that we operate out of. We don't have have this necessity to produce something because what we're doing is we're operating out of the overflow of his love in our lives. And that only happens when we set our eyes on him and we walk in relationship, uh, intimate relationship with him. 1 John 4, 8. This this is how, man. It's simple, but it's hard. Okay? Track with me. It's simple, but it's hard. Because here's what he said. He who does not love, I like how John wrote this, right? John wasn't just trying to to tiptoe around it. He said this. He who does not love does not know God because for God is love. What is that? (laughs) He's saying this. You haven't encountered this love if you can't love. Because God is love. And if he lives in me, love will come out. But it's a choice. We have to choose to let the love out. Look at your neighbor and say, let the love out. Just let the love out. Let the love out. He said... Amen. Just get it out. Just let the love out. There's a lot of love being let out right now. (laughs) All over the place. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Let me take it up one from there. Verse 17, if you stay in the same chapter, verse 17 it says this, love has been perfected or made mature, complete. Those, that's what this word here, perfected, uh, among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. So what does love do? When we really understand his love, that his love is given, it's unmerited. It's not because I was good enough. It's not because I've performed well enough. Now, do we uh, love out? what God's loved in? Absolutely. What does that look like? It looks like holiness. It looks like holiness. It means I don't don't give myself to sin because I know what sin does. Sin kills, and love gives life. I don't want anything to do with what's killing. I want life. I've received life, and I want to give life. But he said, love has been perfected among us that we might have boldness in the day of judgment because... As he is, so are we in this world. I've read that verse over and over and over again. I've quoted that verse over and over and over again. As he is, so are we in this world. Is it truth? Absolutely. But how is he? What is he? Who is he? He's love. In the context of this verse, it says, God is love. Verse 8, God is love. So in the context of this, God is love, and it says, as he is, so are we in the earth. Not one day we will be, but right now, if God is love and I'm in him and he's in me, then what am I? So I'm not waiting for love. I'm not working to get love. I'm not trying to love. Love is who I am. The problem is I just don't know it. I just don't know it. So what I try to do is reason in my mind, how can I love instead of being who he created me to be? And that's love. So if I'm trying to produce something that he's placed on the inside of me, you know what I can get? I can get frustrated. I can get disillusioned. I can get disheartened. I can get disappointed. I can get discouraged. He always disses. Because I'm confused. Clint, I love you. Clint and Tish just moved in a new house and he is working and moving in. And I would ask him something. I'd say, Clint, he'd say, he'd look at me, he'd say, I'm so confused. <laughs> Clint, where's this? I don't know. I'm so confused. I'm so confused. He even sent me a picture of his confused face. <laughs> Watch, I'll put it up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Because here's the thing. What we do is we start living for something instead of living from someone. We start living for love. And we'll do. And that's why we see a hurting world going after so many things. You know why? Because they're living for something instead of from someone. They're living. They'll let down. They'll have no standards. They'll throw what they know to be true away. Because what they're looking for is to get something that God says, I freely give. And I'll give it so much that it'll blow your mind. But it's not based on what you do. It's based on knowing who I am. I am love. And if you'll understand that because I love, that's why this love letter that's full of people who made mistakes will encourage and strengthen you. Because what it does is it shows you that God can use. You know, he has always used Motley Cruz. He's always used. And I'm not talking about the rock group. There's another God that's used them. The little g. <laughs> He's always used, I mean, again, I'm, I'm studying right now the 12. The 12, the, 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 the disciples, the apostles, I'm studying them, And this group of ordinary, non-flashy men that he chose. And the same, you know what, that's who he works with today. But if we don't understand that it's based in love, That's the foundation. For God so that he... And that's something as I was pressing into this, the Lord just really ministered to my heart. When you really understand love, you'll give in every area of your life beyond what makes sense. You'll give beyond reason in every area. You'll give beyond reason in your time. You'll give beyond reason in your... uh, resources, your money, whatever. You'll give beyond reason because you don't resort resort, resort to reason. You're baptized in love. And you understand the God who loves me so much that He didn't hold back His Son, He'll freely give me all things. So therefore, I can give all things that He tells me to give. See, it's all tied back to love. If we, we, can't, we can't build and grow and go without understanding it's all about love. I don't think you can get away from it. It's not like love is just the elementary. It's just where you start. Preacher, grow up. We want the big stuff. We want the big, deep stuff. It's right here. It's working from love. He said that he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power. What powers that work on the inside of you? It's your identity. It's love. It's simple, but it's hard. Let's keep reading in 1 John 4, 17. Love has been perfected among us, made mature, made complete among us in this, that we may have boldness in the days, because as he is, so are we in this world. Look at the next verse. There is no fear in love. So what does that mean? That means when God says, I want you to make this radical change in your living, in your giving, whatever. I want you to make this radical change. His love that passes reason, that passes comprehension, that love throws fear out the window. It says, I will not be moved to not be moved because of fear. See, this is as I was studying. Here's something the Lord said to me. It was so powerful. I wish it would have been audible because that would make it sound more impressive, but it wasn't. It was just in my heart, in my spirit. He said this He said, When you fall in love and you fall in love, you're in love. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? (laughs) Let me explain. (laughs) Growing in the Lord, growing in relationship with others, it's all about not being afraid to fall. Because if I'm afraid to fall in my relationship with Ben, it'll always be superficial. It'll always be fake and phony because I can't be me, because I'm not perfect. But if I'm in love with him and his love is in me, if I've fallen in love, then when I fall, I'm in love. (laughs) This room is love, right? If I fall, I fell in love. Did you get it? I fell in love. So if I'll just fall in love, if I fall, I fall in love. (laughs) Home run, (laughs) touchdown, we scored. In love. love. Somebody got it. Let's stand. I'm closing. I'm just kidding. Hold on. Not just, yet. Easy, Ben. <laughs> oh, man. You see why I was excited about coming to church today? Can you tell? All right, I'm going to close, but I'm going to read something first. So before you get excited, I'm going to read all of 1 Corinthians 13. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little bit of a setup. <laughs> But i let you down easy. In love. love. (laughs) Jeremy's got it. Well, he's got it in word. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just playing. Just playing. See? Easy. Listen to this. I know you've heard it before. But listen like you've never heard it before. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels... But have not love, I've become sounding brass or a clinging, clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing. <laughs> <What? sighs> you know, as the Lord was just really rooting this in me, because I haven't arrived, but I've left. As he was rooting this in me, he was saying the majority of people that would be qualified as God chasers could fit in this verse. Let me read it again. And though I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith that I could remove mountains. Right? People chasing God. And there's nothing wrong with that. Should there be signs and wonders that follow us? Absolutely, that's scripture. If it's not, there's something wrong. If there's not signs following us, and we're not following Him, I, I, I love you. I say I love you, not because of signs for signs' sake, but because He said this is what happens when you follow Me. It doesn't mean you have to make an arm grow out or something like that, okay? But it means there's signs of His love everywhere. When we're walking in it. He said, But I have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Here's what love does. And I love this in Amplified, and because I'm gracious, I'm not reading from the Amplified. <clears throat> love suffers long and is kind. It does not envy. It does love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up, does not behave rudely. Wow! You got to take a salve and some saline and <laughs> some pain pills. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks not, who is love? Who is love? Who is love? Who else? We are thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part will be done away. All right, just a little charismatic commercial here. Some people say, yep, see, this right here proves that the gifts are gone away. No, he said, when that which is perfect has come, that which is in part will be done away. That which is perfect is not the Bible. That which is perfect is the Word, who is Jesus. When he returns, that which is in part. Because in the context of this verse, for those who say that tongues have passed away, that the gifts have ceased, it also says knowledge has passed away. (laughs) Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> I'm leave it alone. I'm gonna be nice. <laughs> verse 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now, all right, listen. How many? We've used that verse, right? We use it all the time. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. Well, in the context of this passage, what's the subject? Love. So he says, when I was a child, in other words, when he's saying, when I chose not to walk in love, I was a child. I was childish. But now I'm in love and I understand love, so I put away childish things. Are you with me? But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now we see in the mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know as I'm known. Look, and now abide faith, hope, and love these three but the greatest of these is love so when we fall in love and we fall in love it's okay we're in love because what he wants us to understand is that if we won't resort to reason because his love passes reason his love loved me when I was very unlovable Not just before I got born again. But after I got born again, I did things that weren't very lovable. That weren't very lovely. But He still loved me because He is love. And the reason that I responded in those ways is because I didn't understand just how He loved me. And I'm telling you, today, as I said a moment ago, I haven't arrived, but I've left in understanding His love. Because I know that faith Works by love. It's the foundation. And if we, not if, thank you, John. My TB John helped me many years ago. He said, Quit saying if and say as. As we fall in love afresh. Listen, in Revelation, the church, Ephesus, what did he say? What happened? What did they do? What'd they forget? What'd they leave? Huh? They they left their love. He said, you've done all the right stuff, right? But you left love. You left love. So love is not just the beginning. It's It's all of it. Does that make sense? It's simple, but it's hard. It's simple to say it's all about love, but it's hard to live it. But that's the privilege that we have. And I'm telling you, that is the mosaic that will paint a picture that the world says, I can't even understand that. And you go, good, because you can't. But you can receive it. And if you'll receive it, it makes all things new.